0: Good show.
1: Hi, I'm Louise Goffin, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones.
0: Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. We're here in your ear. Tempt and fade wherever you are. Questions put to song randomly with the help of a friend. Synchronicity, and now it's time for the radio eight show. Hello, hello,
1: Paul. We are three hello. minutes ahead of Hello, Paul. The... Nice to see you, brother. Well that sauce out is so good. That was great. Thank you. thank you. Your harmony and your vocal thing together. Wow. <laughs> thank you, buddy, I appreciate you saying that. Your um, harmony part was so cool. Is that the harmony or is that the melody you're singing?
2: Uh, it's the harmony. Yeah. Watch him trip over the yeah, corner. There you go. Hey,
3: hey there,
1: Paul. How's it going? Good. Oops. Oh. I did that's when you said not too much. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs>
4: I'm Aaron.
1: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Paul. There you go. It was I'm interesting. I'm back, back in business. I was I'm back that in was business. your song for sure. And then he started talking about it. Oh
4: <laughs> Well, it's like a happy accident. That's actually my story, but oh, it was it? about somebody else. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. Somebody we mutually know, but it just happened to fit exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: it's a great song. That's beautiful. Thank you buddy.
2: It is how, are you, how are you doing? What's going? What's going doing on? Doing good.
3: Yeah, what'd you do today? What was your day like?
1: It's procrastinating most of the day. <laughs> a lot of procrastination.
3: <laughs> okay, ready to go? And welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio with... Great Willow. Hello. Hi, Andras. (laughs) Hey. And they are providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations as we sail the seas of synchronicity. And every one of these features a special guest who asks the question. And for this Pop Oracle session, our special guest is a return guest to the Radio 8 Ball. He's the only... Uh, the only co-host I've ever had on any Radio 8 Ball show Since we've been doing it at Starburns He co-hosted the Tom Petty tribute we did several months back And you, with that introduction, you have to know
1: who he is The great Paul Zolo Hello Nice welcome. to be back. Yeah, welcome back. I gotta say, this one is not quite as sad as that last one. Uh, let's much say it's much happier.
3: Say it's like, <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. It, we were all crying. That we, we were all crying. It was a very, it was, it uh, turned out we didn't know it at the time, but we were in here recording at exactly the same time that Tom Petty's actual memorial was happening in Malibu. And his spirit was definitely, uh, seemed like it was in two places at once. Um, but. As you said, that was a sad occasion. We have a very happy occasion yes. here. It is the vernal equinox. We're mm. here at Starburns Industries in Burbank with Great Willow. They have harmonies that will—I mean—I feel healed by just being around them. I agree. That sounds so good. Oh my God! <laughs> that was good. So how do you how do you know these these soulful cats? Well, I know oh. Jams for a while.
1: I don't you, remember you, how we you met. How
2: I can tell you how we met. You and I met. Standing in line to oh, go see the right. Conan O'Brien show. I remember now, because Paul Simon was on it, and you, being the man who knows everybody, you had gotten yourself tickets, and I got. as some Did through. you? You know everyone. Well, too. I got. I got <laughs> some through my job, um, but I, I was like, man, I'm, I really want to go see Paul Simon on on Conan. And uh, my friend got me a ticket. You know, that was my one and only Your friend, experience. Your Gary Calamar, Yeah, who's going to be uh, part of the show. Yeah. Uh, but he—that uh, he, was the one and only time I, I had ever done that. But uh, you and I—it was long. It was a long wait, and we got into uh, a conversation about. I think once I found out that you were a writer and you'd done a lot of writing about LA artists, I asked you about my obsession, Gene Clark, and you yeah. had and you had interviewed him, and mm. you kind of kind of knew him. And uh, and so you know once we're once we're going down that rabbit hole you know it can go on forever but we just found out that we had not by the time we uh, got to the front of that long line we had had a lot to talk about and I was like I like this guy he's he's, yeah. he's, he's my oh he's, he's my that's a
1: Gene Clark <laughs> he is a
3: joy to talk music he is, with man is he's, a, he's,
1: he yeah. has talked to everybody. I remember we such were such having a, the first argument, you know, what because it was a George Harrison tribute that's what Paul right. was it what George Harrison song you said here comes the sun and I thought no he did that years ago He's... He's Paul Simon. He could learn another George Harrison song. <laughs> he, he, that's what he did. You were right. I was wrong. <laughs> well, I, they had done wrong it.
2: I think they'd done it together on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, they did. Years right. ago. Years so ago. I, that's kind of where I was, that's why I
1: thought right. that. But I figured, maybe learn another one. Yeah. There's <laughs> several good ones. I yeah. <laughs> the guy can
2: just barely play guitar. I mean, you know, maybe all those chords kind of freaked him out. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's such an astounding guitar player.
3: Um, <laughs> Well, and you know, I just saw you posting about uh, about uh, your friend Robert Hilburn's mm. book about Paul
1: Simon. Indeed. He's been working on the—it's kind of an authorized biography. Paul participated. Right. But has no editorial control. But, uh, yeah, so I've been kind of—well, co. Well, I've, I've been working on it with him. No, I, did
3: you, did you, I heard you catch yourself there. I don't know I would, what you would call what I did. You, Basically, you, I would get you,
1: together and argue about things for yeah. you know for <laughs> breakfast. I would yeah. just argue a lot. and well, you know, we, I, and I, I, I'm... It's an excellent book. I gotta say, I got it. He did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, it's really quite, quite well done.
3: I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading it. And, uh... Can we... I, what? Can we say a few words about, about Paul's book? Because Paul has a, um... Oh, yes. Yeah. Has, has
2: a couple of books, um, the songwriters on songwriting books, where they're like really just deep dive interviews with kind of, you know, all the best songwriters. It's like, yeah. it's the best songwriter interview books I've ever read. I love those books. I come back to them, you. you know, yeah. over and over again and uh, just to kind of see what, you know, the giants said about how they did it. <laughs>
3: you know. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well we talked Thanks. about it a little bit on yeah. the Tom Petty episode uh-huh. is that Paul's. I don't know if this is your method with all of your interviews, but at least with Tom Petty, you would learn the songs before you'd go interview him. So he knows. He would know the chords. He'd actually
1: learn. And you said the same. You did the same thing with Paul Simon. Yeah, usually everyone. Yeah, because if you're going to interview a songwriter, it's nice to know the words, but the music matters. And if you can, it's so rare that they get to talk about music. So if you go, you know, it's in G, but then you go to the D minor, yeah. suddenly they realize, oh that fellow musician, you know, musicians yeah. talk different languages to fellow musicians. As soon as you do that, they open up. And so, I would, uh, it's I always helped.
0: Help I talk. would
2: imagine learning all those songs really inform your songwriting too. Like I you know, I don't know how you you know, one one learns, you know, kind of all the all the great songs by all the great people. I, you know, after that, you know how to. I would imagine one knows how to write a song. You there's know? no greater lesson yeah. you know, for
1: songwriting than that. If there's yeah. a song that you that moves you to find that architecture, the actual you know the chords, yeah. the structure of the thing. There's no better education than that.
3: I'm I, curious. What do you think about those? Like, you've, uh, have you ever heard about how Hunter S. Thompson? He said that he, I think it was the Get Great Gatsby. That to, uh, to train as a writer, <laughs> he just retyped. The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And with the idea that, like, that just by writing it, actually writing it, it would make him a, be- it would make him a better writer. Have you ever, have you ever, uh, even thought about approaching writing like that? Like, I'm going to rewrite something.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, love The Great Gatsby. And anything by Fitzgerald, I love. Is my favorite author. But I've never tried to sit down and type all. <laughs> but that's a, I don't know anyone actually has done <laughs> that. But you know the. All songwriters become songwriters because they love other songs. Right. You don't know, become a songwriter having not heard music. So I think all songwriters are drawn to those songs. I mean, from an early age, it's like, "Well, Bridge over Troubled Water, how did he do that?" You know, what are those? You know, and to learn that, uh, you know, is the the best lesson if you want to be a serious songwriter.
3: Yeah, and uh, I'm, you know, I, I feel like with having you here and having Great Willow here. You know, you've, you you. Uh, how, how familiar are you with their music? Have, are you fairly just a, familiar? Little, a little, not little very bit. much? Because uh. I'm kind of curious, what, like, what, for you, when you hear a band, maybe this is even better, knowing not not be having a deep dive knowledge, like just listening. If you were to, like, say, oh, I hear, like, if you you were gonna start a conversation with them and think, well, if listening to that, what are the, what do you think they like? What musically they, what like, do they like yeah what are they into like what can you listen to this and you can you tell like oh i bet they're into
1: there's dot, a dot, wide dot. range of stuff that influenced that i could tell that singer songwriter folk country you know rock i'm sure i'm sure all those influencers are in there but it was really good writing i mean so often you hear uh, sometimes really great performers but they're not always great songwriters and the songs aren't that well written I mean, right away you started with all those perfect rhymes, you know, and inner rhymes. That, that just makes me happy because mm-hmm. I'm an old school. <laughs> I like, you know, song craft, you know, with with a beautiful song. And That was so beautifully put together, you know, so well written. But the sound of their voices, I mean, that, that made it for me. Oh yeah, That's tell beautiful. me about
3: it. The, yeah, Thanks. they're,
2: yeah, Thank you.
1: they're they're awesome. There's a certain time when only two voices do, do it all. That's all you need. There's something about sometimes when two voices are together. Not not any two voices, but a, it's a certain harmony too that, that does that. It's such a great sound.
3: Who are some other great duos that you that you that like when you think of oh, I mean obviously Lennon and McCartney and they were good. Simon and Garfunkel That's right. Good. Simon
1: and Garfunkel <laughs> in terms of harmony. I mean in terms of duo. I mean, Garfunkel was just a brilliant harmony singer. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he really is great. And Simon wrote some pretty damn good songs. So they were the, my guys, you know, I, I, that's because I came up with them. Those guys loved, you know, previous duos, you know.
3: Everly Brothers. Yeah, that was their guys. Louvin Brothers. Right. right. Um, trying to think of other, other duos that really, you know, my favorite band of my generation is a duo. I don't, they don't think they get the same. They don't often Oasis, get mentioned. No, 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 no. I think this is the best band of, like, certainly the best band that has been consistent making records since I graduated high school in 86. And they've been making records all this time. They Might Be Giants. I think yeah. They Might Be Giants are the great like, if you just put up what they've created against anyone else there's just no there's no competition
2: they're super consistent yeah and they're really smart I mm-hmm. you know I love their kids records so we seen oh. her like that was kind of you know we you know I like them I, I played a show with them kind of early on really like, with my old band yeah they were they were really cool nice guys but they um but uh you know I sort of been on and off aware of them over the years but when they came but you know when I had a child and we started getting their children's records they were like man these guys are like the Beatles of kids music it's so so smart smart and Mm -hmm. like and interestingly produced and so many ideas and like nothing you know a lot of times people will be a little rote or kind of talk down to children but their stuff was really you know appealed to the Brainiac children you know it's it's, it's up there It, it has a lot of reverence for the brilliance of children you know yeah.
3: when you opened for them was that when they were playing with the full band or when they were back no, when they were just that, the two of them was and band, they were
2: like oh, very, yeah. very early in my life yeah it was when they were uh, just to, doing the duo duo thing. with yeah. the drum
3: machine and the sequence yeah. oh yeah. i love it yeah. that's old school yeah mm-hmm. anyway i love those guys i think they're great eventually i'll have them on radio wave ball they'll <laughs> <Yeah.
2: Ooh. laughs> looking forward to that they'd be great at this
3: Mm-hmm. Um, well, gosh, Paul! Every time you're around, I just want to just talk with you about. Just keep. We could just talk about music forever. Good. We, but could. This, we, this we is, have. Actually. This is the. <laughs> this is the question. The place where you ask a question
1: for the Pop Oracle. So, okay, Paul. When well, you got was, for us, Sander, kind of. I, I was kind of thinking of talking about the future of, of songs, but he kind of covered that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, and he did a good job. I thought. Uh, so here's my question. You know, when, when I was growing up, I grew up, you know, in the '60s. We had the Age of Aquarius. It was like we are moving into an Age of Enlightenment. Remember that? Everything, you know, hippies and flowers, and then, then the '60s didn't turn out too good. But we, and then we got Nixon, you know. But we, we, we stayed hopeful, you know. And then we got Obama. Look, like, things are hopeful again, and we've had a lot of forward, you know, movement and uh, progress in some ways. Some huge things like gay rights, you know. and... Legalized marijuana, one of my favorite, you know, changes. I think that's just (laughs) great. Uh, But, you know, right now, our current administration, not a good time for America, what we're going through now, and the whole world is being impacted. So, uh, a lot of people are remaining hopeful. Other people have given up hope completely. It's like it's over, Uh, it's never going to get better. So, that's my question. Are we going to continue to uh, progress? You know, uh, is there going to be more spiritual evolution? Will mankind progress or Are we going to stay where we are now? Okay. Well. Simple question.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now. Now to engage the pop oracle. Paul Zolo, you get to spin. I'm doing it like William Shatner. You (laughs) get to spin the Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 na. We
0: love
3: it. Song number one. Song number one. Many things.
1: Many things.
4: I kinda <clears throat> knew it. I just knew it. Really? <laughs> I knew it. Alright, you ready? Yep. Do you need it? Why
1: don't we Got just it.
2: pull them up just cause. There you go. <clears throat> just cause.
3: Hold on a second, let me just... Oh,
1: that's great, <clears throat> thank you. Thank
3: you.
0: Taught me Most wondrous thing, I'll ever see is you. you. You taught me many things, many things, many things, many things, many
3: things, and that was many things. From Great Willow, the answer to Paul Zolo's question: Will we continue to evolve spiritually, or basically, you say stay stagnant? Or I guess I could—I was thinking—could get worse. Evolve, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, Great Willow. Tell us about uh, a little bit about the background of that song. That's beautiful, that song,
1: by the way. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Uh, you know,
3: I always forget. It's, we I always do that like the first song or two, I'm like blown away, and then I listen to myself mm-hmm. into the episode and someone will play this amazing song and I'm just like, okay, let's get into it. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> did you hear what just happened in front of you? How can you be so <laughs> So thank you, Paul, for taking a moment to acknowledge how beautiful. That's that good was. songwriting. You know, we were it talking is. about the future of songwriting. Yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's it a is. great one.
2: Thank you. Um okay, this song, um, you know, it's funny, this song is actually kind of uh was about my feelings about about music and kind of the like the job that it did in my life, you know, like the way, you know, um, the way that it sort of teaches you all the things that you don't have access to, <laughs> like you know, especially when I sort of you know, was coming of age in the like pre-internet era and like the way. Um, you know you do there's sort of you know you have the things that are in front of you and at that time now you have access to a lot more things but you know for then at that time like music was the whole you know was the whole like world of exoticism you know and the whole um you know the the world of like excitement in urban life because you know i was living you know uh with a with a you know a golf course in front of my house and a and a um cornfield behind it you know <laughs> and it was like you know a really lovely safe life and i really appreciate uh, the upbringing that i had but you know every young person has a lot of um you know kind of uh, just uh, angstiness to sort of uh, experience the world and for me it was kind of like, you know, it was records I think you know everybody else who's a music obsessive probably yeah. had some comparable uh, you know, uh, it did a similar job so for me it was kind of, uh, you know, it was all about like you know, give bring it on, you know, so this song is kind of like a little bit about that but I think, you know, it's sort of about The complicated job that people do in your life, people you have close relationships to in your life too. So, it sort of serves a little bit of a dual role in my head that way. I guess. Hmm. You know how songs just happen. You know, sometimes you don't think too hard; they just kind of fall out of you, and then you go back and think, "What is that about?" (laughs) It sort of starts with one idea, and then other things kind of creep into it. Um, So
3: that's kind of where it—that's where it started. And Uh, Aaron, when you when that started to when that was chosen, you're like, "Oh." I knew that was going to get chosen. What was it? That, but, uh, beforehand, what was it about that song that you thought, oh, that would be a good answer to that?
4: Um, well, looking at the lyrics, um, I don't know how I knew. I just kind of knew. It's this uh, intuitive thing I have. But <laughs> the blessing and the curse, um, you know. Going to your question, uh, you know, where is everything going to be heading and everything? It's like there's the part about, you know, learning how to sit on dynamite and just watch it tick and just wait for things to happen. But it's also the get over it part is like there's a lot of like really crappy things that happened in our nation's history. And, you know, to move forward, there has to be a level of forgiveness across the board, which is like the learning to love with blinders off thing. So
0: into that. that's mm-hmm.
4: what I think so, but, you know, without each other, we're all crooked trees, kind
2: mm-hmm.
4: of growing alone. And
3: <laughs> I, l- I love that. And I, think that's a, I think that's a really good answer. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so Paul, what did, what did you get out of that, besides the fact that it was a marvelous song?
1: Yeah, well, that was the first thing I got. I, I really enjoyed listening to it. It's so well written. Thanks. You taught me how to sit on dynamite and watch it tick. That's a good opening. Yeah, you know, that's a great line. How you start a song is <laughs> yeah. important. That's a good you get, you get my attention with that. Uh, well, number one, I think in this day and age, there's so much chaos, I mean, more than ever, people are just overwhelmed. So many people are just so distracted they they can't even read a book or anything anymore. <laughs> so, for me to hear perfect harmony, like in this day and age, that humans can still do that, that's more important than ever. The sound of harmony and just what harmony means—that's because what we need more than ever. And I think anytime people sing perfect harmony, it it gives me hope and it's good for the world. And uh, but this is this song is very funny because it's not a. Uh, it's not a Pollyannish kind of song, you know. It's it. You know, you taught me how to drink. You know, there's a lot of it is about, uh, you know, the, like you were saying, you got to put up with a lot of stuff that isn't tough, that isn't great, and you gotta you gotta make the most of it and not be destroyed by it. So when I was wondering, like, you know, is the world going to go up in smoke? You know, you told me to go for broke, everything goes up in smoke. <laughs> I think that's maybe the ultimate lesson. And also, it's a song about learning. And not everyone learns. There are a lot of people that make a lot of mistakes, and they just make them over and over. They don't learn anything. But other mm-hmm. people learn from everyone, from their own mistakes, from everyone they meet. This is a song about learning. It's interesting because you don't know exactly who you're learning from. But I think as long as people are still learning, we can. Conti- uh, you know, that gives me hope too. And. uh also I got to say uh just in terms of the you know I worry about the future of songwriting like all us old timers do like what happened used to be so you know you get into that thing though I you know, I hear a lot of great songs all the new songs all the time like like these ones but so often you hear songs that are just empty you know lyrically I'm thinking you know there's like sometimes not even any nouns you know it's just and, the, you know, you want to show, you know, the thing in songs, you know, you always want to show something, give a picture. And I love this. Without you, I'm a crooked tree, a crippled crow, a broken stone. right We had three images for that. That's, <laughs> that's just overwhelming for me in a good way. And the most wondrous thing I'll ever know is you. You taught me many things. I think that's what it comes down to. Ultimately, we need other people. We need love. And, you know, people are going to continue to be in love. And I think as long as there's love, the world has got to progress in a good way. That's, that's but kind of, I'm an old hippie, of course. No, I think I, I'm completely
2: with you. Like I feel like, you know, I read, you know, I read the news, and it's like, or you know, the news is just so, like, you know, the government news. The news, news is always bad. I mean, news by definition is bad news. You know, they just call it bad news. Let's turn on the bad news. Um,
1: but better than fake news. But you know, <laughs> but the reality
2: of my daily life is like is wonderful like you know i have this like beautiful son and all of his friends are just like these kind of you know sparkling little gems of human beings you know and and you know i feel really you know hopeful for them i mean i feel like you know all those like kind of all those kids who sort of came out of florida you know that nobody had you know they were just kind of living normal kid lives and had this like horrific thing happen to them and they were just like no we're gonna stop this and mm-hmm. I find that incredibly hopeful I found that just the like the level of like perceptiveness and you know how incredibly like articulate and how like all of those kids just like got right to the heart of the matter you know and I'm like okay here's you know here's the mentality that's gonna turn this like sort of stupid thing that we've done to ourselves as a country around you know um, like so I'm I'm you know, I feel like that's gonna that kind of thinking, and you know, those those kind of people are gonna, you know, are gonna make it better. I mean, it's always back and forth. You know, it's like we get we had Obama, hooray, and then we got you know the other guy and boo. You know, so it's like we got to get punished for <laughs> get a little punished. We have to punish ourselves from time to time. We can't just let it be good. You know, but uh, but you know, I think we've made a lot of a lot of really a lot of really positive progress over the last you know. 15 years. And, um, and, uh, you know, so we take a, two steps back, but, you know, we'll take three steps forward again, I think, I hope.
3: Well, I, I had an idea and I'm, it, I like to go, I like to put myself last cause I can come up with the most outlandish <laughs> interpretation. <laughs> um, so first of all, the idea that, uh, that adversity and, difficulties teach us something. Like the song is saying that I, it's thanking your teacher in a way. Yeah. So you taught me all these absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's also, see so if you, if you take many and you turn it into man E, man like mannish things, <laughs> male things. <laughs> um, we are at the. We are experiencing the uh, the nadir of that. We are seeing. We have the probably the the most perfect example of toxic masculinity as the president right now. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's oh, let's hope we can't outdo ourselves with that. But it's something about having the worst thing shoved in your face. Like, I mean, I thought that, you know, I, I'd like to think that I was already sick of that, of wherever that part of me lived in me anyway. I'm, I feel like that I'm pretty about that in general. But to wake up every day and have it in your face, these manny things <laughs> in our face over and over and over, I, you know, maybe there's something that we're learning that that is ugly. Like, like you hear about like these the like the texas republicans are like texans are turning on the republicans now and it's like oh you know they're a sick of they're sick of this this is you know even like they're like oh yeah where are we like we're in the we we're okay with the racism we're okay with the violence we're okay with the war we're okay with taking away women's rights but don't be such a
0: sure Yeah. You know, like, exactly. you know, like you're even, you know,
3: you can be horrible, but that's just, ugh, right. that's just even those guys, guys are yeah, annoyed just, by all that. Yeah, the yeah. yeah it's well. just you're all an tweeting. idiot. You're the worst. You make like I I you know <laughs> I want to be the worst. You can I want to know that <laughs> the president is somewhat better than me. <laughs> you know. So I think like that's that idea of that that like in, encoded in the awfulness is the the healing and the moving through it. Like Mm. you said, we had Nixon... And people, when Nixon got elected, people were really freaked out. Like, that was yeah. we scary, got, it scary It never
1: get that bad again, ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, Sorry. and the McCarthy, you know, Nixon came out of the McCarthy. You know, we can just keep going back. Like, as you said, there's a lot of, you know, Aaron, you said there's a lot of pretty dark chapters in our history. Mm. Um, that's actually, that is so downplaying it. It's <laughs> outright murderous and, like, horribleness. Genocide. Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, slavery. the worst kind of nightmare that's that you tough. can imagine. Nasty. And we— and there is – like I said, there is some sort of progress towards – like even through that, towards women's rights, towards gay rights, towards mm. just human rights.
2: Well, it's all happening at once, right? I mean it's like it's always uh, – you know, it's it's like it's human, – humanity is expressing all of its sides simultaneously and yeah. sometimes – you know, uh, the bad guys seize power, but you know the good guys are all still there. While the ba- you know, and I just think that you know, we just learn that we have to try harder, and, me, and or or this is the consequence. You know, it's like everybody has to engage. You can't just let it go. If you wanted to be the way you wanted to be, then you gotta you gotta do it you know, and you got to, you know, go for it. <laughs> like You can't, you got to do it and do it now and do it
3: hard, you know. But also think about, like, just to, to sort of the macro micro of this, imagine that song, like, Paul, you know, is, imagine hearing that song if it was just, if it didn't have the feminine element of Aaron's voice in it, if it wasn't a man and woman singing together, if it was a guy singing by himself. It would just be a very... it would No offense to the songwriter or to your voice, but it would be an entirely, let's say, different thing. But to me, having heard the harmony, it would be a lesser thing. I would listen to it and think, hmm, something's missing here. What is it? Oh, Oh. (laughs) too much man, too many, too many, many things. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's where that's where I'm sorry. Once I get hooked on a synchronicity, I just keep Mm -hmm. going digging away at it. Um, But yeah, it's a gorgeous song, and the the partnership of the two of you, I think that is a signal of what is what is the progress. Mm -hmm. And I think we see, you know, I think that, I think clearly. Like it's like we're finding out in the whole this whole me too mo- moment. There's all this horrible stuff we're finding out. And you could say that, well, because we're finding out all this horrible stuff, the world is more horrible. But the fact is we're finding out more of this horrible stuff means that the world is getting better on that level. Yes, yeah,
2: right? necessary. I think that's progress. exactly true. I mean same right. thing with the Catholic Church a few years ago. Like, yeah. you know, it's kinda <laughs> like, All right, well, it wasn't the way that, you know, we thought it was it was far worse than we thought it was but at least it's being exposed and like you know and we have to but you know it sort of means you have to figure out a new paradigm you know it's like how well the old way the old way was like this and it was so corrupt that we can't do it anymore so we all got to figure out the new way you know
3: and that's how like paul says that's how we that's how we do continue to evolve even though things conspire to keep us down or stupid or, you know, like mm-hmm. less evolved, like the world is trying to keep us less evolved right. and that pressure actually forces us to evolve. That's right.
1: It's really, when I think about what you said, reactions to p- terrible parts of American history, like civil rights, you know, and women's rights and uh, what the kids are doing not to fight, you know, this, this gun madness. It was those reactions to terrible tragedies that, that that created progress. And I also got a lot of hope out of those kids. It's really easy for people my age to think they're all on their phone and they're idiots, you know. And of course, you know I have an eighteen-year-old son, and he's way smarter than I am, so I know they're they're not. But uh, like these kids went on TV; they weren't thrown for a second. They were so focused, and they just had enough, and that really gave me hope. Very much like during Vietnam, when we were putting up with this while we were fighting that crazy war, and millions were getting killed. And it was youth realize when 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 the youth starts getting killed, they they you know they, wait a second we got to do something because the adults aren't taking care of it, and uh, so that gave me a lot of hope that even in the greatest darkness and tragedy, that uh, that could come out of it, and a giant protest this weekend on the twenty fourth.
2: Well, they're not as they're not as used to living with absurdity, you know. It's kind of like I think a lot of us kind of like, you know, yeah, settle in, yeah, or just kind of, you know, you you sort of you keep your. You know, the life that's close to you sort of under control, but you don't try to affect. But, you know, it's sort of like when you're when you when you're first exposed to really, like, bad stuff in the world, you're like, I'm, this is unacceptable. I'm not going to accept it. And I, I like it that people, you know, that they're seizing that energy and not accepting it because it's really stupid. The rest of us should need to learn from that, you know? mm
0: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So... Well, I feel like we 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 dug into that fairly deeply. Um, before we let you go, Paul, which even just saying that makes me sad. <laughs> uh, is there anything you could tell us about things that projects you're working on, things we should be looking on the lookout for, either writing or music or
1: you know, no, there's actually nothing I'm doing. I'm, I actually just did an interview with Rye Cooter. He's you know I've been interviewing oh. many of my heroes, and I never got to talk to Rye. Until recently, and he just came out with a new album, and this gives me hope, too, because he made it with his son, and his son is, you know, much younger and did all these loops and modern technology, and Rye played just beautiful guitars, and it's just a gorgeous album, and that gives me hope when such great albums are being made in this day and age, so I'm working on the Rye Cooter thing right now. What was, That's for uh, American Songwriter magazine.
3: Did you go back? All that you talk to him about is stuff with stuff with Taj Mahal. Go? Did you go all the way back into the history of it, or do you no, just talk about the modern? He's
1: not someone that wants to do that. So really? That's why it's been so hard yeah. to get this interview. Some people like to do that. They want to go yeah. through everything. They, they love it. Other people, please never do that at all. So his publicist said, I could have 20 minutes and don't talk about anything but the new album. They do that. But then, you know, you get together with a musician, and they open up. And we, we spoke for more than an hour, and we, yeah. we started talking about some of the old stuff. But uh, he was basically talking about making music today, and yeah. and I asked him if he was very hopeful, and he said, no, he's not hopeful at all about music. <laughs> no. He wasn't at all. <laughs>
3: but- well, you know, but I mean, if imagine if you went back to the, you know, you, heard, you read the Quincy Jones interview, right? The one where he's... Talks about how the Beatles were no-talent guys. Did you hear this? I didn't know. Oh, no. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's Quincy Jones, and he's he just lay. he just—I don't know. He's just like, yeah, I read that. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like—he's telling stories about how—about— Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor having an uh, an affair and talking, you know, just going on like all about like talking about the Kennedy assassination. And he's like, "Oh, I you know I used to hang out with with Donald Trump." He just goes on and on. And my my point about all this is like so. And when he said the stuff about the Beatles, like oh they weren't there were no talent guys they 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 couldn't even they could barely play, and it's like well if you're Quincy Jones in 1960. Three and you hear the Beatles and you're doing the stuff that you're doing. You look at that and be like, "I have no hope for music." Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> clearly they don't read music. They don't they're like they're you know they can strum. Wow, well, what you know, what I'm working with Duke Ellington over here and music is dead. These Beatles, they're ruining. You know, like, and I feel like you could, like this is that uh, min, that Midnight in Paris thing of like right. every generation. Just like every generation looks back and thinks it was so much better well, you before. Know, it's
1: true. I talked to like several of those guys from the previous generation, like Sammy Kahn or Livingston and Evans who wrote K. Sera Yeah. And those guys, you know, they hated any music past the 60s mostly. Yeah. I mean, one of them said, you know, to us it's the difference between like Van Gogh and a comic book. Right. But almost all of them had to go, but, you know, the Beatles – Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, this idea that the Beatles couldn't read music—they they knew their chords. I mean, they were they were brilliant. Oh, you know, you know, you know, how to, you. Convince, you know how to convince me. <laughs> have to convince Quincy <laughs> you. Got to <already>. convince Quincy. <laughs> and he actually came out
3: because he apologized, which I just thought was like, "Do you don't have to apologize? You have nothing to apologize for, Quincy Jones." Cabin audacious opinions. I've heard so many people say much dumber things about the Beatles, (laughs) with less with less to back them up (laughs) so i had my thing i have a friend who's who tried to insist that his favorite beetle was ringo i was like well then you don't like the Beatles. (laughs) i mean nothing wrong with ringo but if you're if you can get up and say that ringo's your favorite beetle you probably don't like him that much Although Ringo's an astonishing he's drummer. He's an astonishing drummer. <laughs> but he's <laughs> I mean, a great thing. This is not to a, put down Ringo no, 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 Starr, no, 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 no. But you know what I mean? mean. It's like
2: his like musicality oh, is really central to like why they were so good. I don't uh, get that. Civilians yeah. don't get that. They don't <laughs>
1: think he's a great drummer. <laughs> We can't go down the right road. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry. This is not well, an attack you know, on Ringo. You know, he got knighted <laughs> yesterday. He became Sir yes. Ringo yeah, yesterday. Yeah. That's so funny. The last time Sir we recorded Ringo. one here was the day after Yoko's birthday. Been, ah, I love so. Yoko. The two most maligned members of the, I love of them both, the Beatle clan. Very much. Oh, I lo- and I love them
1: both too. I'm mean, this is not a. They're both in my books too. Ringo's in the new one, and Yoko's in the first one. Is Ringo your favorite Beatle? You know, I love all the Beatles. kind of <laughs> in terms beetles. of songwriting, I gotta say, Lennon and McCartney maybe you know did more. You know, but yeah, a little bit. Ringo did. He wrote a couple good songs. He did. Yeah. yeah, Octopus's Garden is a great song. Yeah, don't pass me by. Photograph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But you know, Paul and John wrote quite a few amazing ones. And, yeah. and George, you know, he didn't. He started out tennis level, but he he wrote amazing songs. I'm
3: a I'm a Stu Sutcliffe guy. I, I, mean, I feel like after Stu Sutcliffe was out of the band, they just went. Yeah, downhill.
1: Everything shifted. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um well god you know as, as i said we could just talk forever <laughs> but we have to let you go paul and since you don't have anything that you want to promote we're just gonna have to kick you out unusual for me okay well, uh, thanks no, for having well this. Paul, you, you have to come back anytime we love having you on this show you're you. as as james was uh right to point out your books are uh you know they're like the song itself they're your books are great teachers
2: yeah i think paul's you know paul's got a great record too I mean, he's really good artist uh, like you know, like musician and artist as well So thank he's, you very he's a, much yes, I love coming multi multi this multi nice. <laughs> talented man
1: cool well, thanks for having me it was great to hear you guys live I had a good seat. on this it was great thanks guys. thank you
3: thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle.
0: It's the Radio It All Show. It's a good show.